we haven't been down to Australia for a little while, so we thought it's high time that we uh, ventured down under. Uh, and uh, we're catching up today with Chris Green, who had a bit of time in Essex and in the UK last summer um, and has been travelling all over the place. So we just thought we'd get a few words. So, um, Chris, welcome back to 19 Out. How are you doing? Yeah, good to be back, lads. Um, been a little while and, um, well, firstly, good to be home for me. Nice to, to come back. I've skipped a winter as usual and I managed to pretty much skip a lockdown. So, um, yeah, all's gone well. well. You're in Melbourne, is it, at the moment? Sydney. No, Sydney. Oh, I Sydney. live in Sydney. So I, I was quarantined in Melbourne, but I'm, uh, I'm in Sydney. Long journey home, wasn't it? It was. I left the Caribbean on the... Uh, the 16th um and um i got back to melbourne on the 21st i think it was so was that caribbean london uh middle east caribbean uh, where was i i was i left st kitts on the 16th um i got to barbados i left and then i was in barbados for two nights and then i left barbados on the 18th flew through london then flew to amsterdam for a night um flew to singapore for i can't remember how long and then eventually melbourne yeah i've been to amsterdam for one night that was uh yeah that was good <laughs> i can't i can't say different. i achieved much i uh i was so tired and didn't know where i was after not sleeping much on the first few legs i ended up sleeping two stints of 12 hours so that got me through my day there that was my excuse as well for the record <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've so I've just been looking, Chris. Um, yeah, you're talking about being travelled, and I've just dug into the internet a little bit and just found the teams you played for, and it's quite an impressive CV. I mean, obviously T20 heavy, but uh, Birmingham Bears, KKR, Multan Sultans. Uh, you played Surrey Twos, Guyana Amazon Warriors, Lahore Calendars, New South Wales, Sydney Thunder, Jamaica Talawas, Middlesex. Uh, Toronto Nationals, New South Wales under 23s, and some team called Brentwood as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's quite a list. Um, you know, I, I think I, I, I remember doing a, a podcast in, in quarantine and someone read it out, and it we sort of went back through a few memories, and it was, it was pretty cool. Like, I still consider myself very, very young and very new in the world, but mm. having now played, um, you know, overseas for a few years. And, and then um, I made my professional debut in, in 2014, which feels like ages ago, but um, it doesn't feel, it feels like yesterday to me. Um, so it's, it's been pretty cool. It's been, there's been some fun journeys. It's taken me to parts of the world that I never thought I'd get to um, in the first place, Never mind for cricket. Um, you know, I played, I remember playing a weekend tournament in Norway, obviously playing in Canada as well was, was awesome. And, um, and then playing in the IPL, UK and, and Pakistan has been pretty special. So the question is, when, when are you going to represent your country and which country is that going to be? You know, with David Vesey uh-huh. going from South Africa to Nib- Namibia, yeah. which one would you choose? I, I consider myself Australian. Obviously, I've got a very diverse and mixed and confused upbringing or background with a South African South African dad, an English mum, born in South Africa with an English passport, but now living um, here in Australia. Uh, yeah, Australia is the, would, playing for Australia would be the, the dream um, for me. And, and it's, you know, it's what I continue to work towards. So 
that's my where my uh, loyalties lie. Would that be white ball cricket for Australia? Oh, I'd love to play test cricket. Yeah. Um, look, I think realistically, my chances of playing for Australia will first come in, in the short form of the game um, and then progress that way. But, you know, David Warner and a number of other players have, have shown that that in Australia and obviously all around the world, it's starting to happen now as well, that you can still crack into then one day cricket and, and test cricket if you do well enough um, from there. Well, while we're on the subject, what are your thoughts uh, about the upcoming Ashes? Well, I think there's a huge, it's a huge in with um, Ben Stokes uh, just announcing that that he's 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 coming to Australia. I think that's massive. Before that, I was a little bit worried for you, Lo. Um, but I think he, he makes a massive difference all-round abilities. I think the way he plays the game um, is fantastic as well. So I think that brings your chances in. So you may only lose 4-1 or 3-2 now. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree too much, actually. But uh... No, Glenn McGraw would. Glenn McGraw would still go for 5-0. <laughs> yeah. No. Look, I, I think I think it'd be I think it'd be a good series. I think if Root can continue the form he had in in the recent summer in the UK, and then other guys can start to chip in chip in as well, um, I think that's going to be the mainstay. But you need uh, someone just to support Root, as as you know, as we saw in the recent summer. If someone can support Root, the team does really well. Um, if it's just him struggling, or if he misses out, and the rest of the guys miss out. Um, in these conditions, facing our fast bowlers and and the way Nathan Lyon bowls as well, I think it, it could be you could be up against it. But I love an underdog, and I think it, I'd love it to be a closely contested series as well. Yeah, trouble is the last few series in Australia in the Ashes haven't been that close, have they? Up uh, in England, you've had some real thrillers, but uh, whitewashes have been a feature of the last few tours to to Australia. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I look, I think, as I said, I think Stokes is a massive in for all fans. It's a pity the Barmy Army can't come down and, and, and it'd be a, a normal down-under trip for for England um, because I think those those tours, as we've seen, are absolute sporting spectacles as the recent one was in, the, in England. And then just uh, before that all starts, we are now underway in the World Cup and um, I believe you've got a fantasy... World Cup 11 that you've put together. I think Webby's got the details. I've yeah. got the list here. Yeah, yeah, I've got the list here. So opening up, let's let's break it down. Opening up, we've got Butler and Rohit Sharma. Yeah, I, I, it, was a, it was a tough one for me. I think the, the unlucky few that, that miss out from, from that opening pair is sort of Dukok, Rizwan and Babar Azam. Pakistan's had a great start, particularly those two, um, and they're in great form. Um, but I've gone for Butler um, and and Rohit Sharma. Um, I think longevity stats and whatever in current form, I think those two will get me off to the start I want. Very good. And then, you know, as bowlers, you're looking to get one of those out and then you've got Virat comes in. And then yeah, after Virat, you've got Pant coming in. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to be quite aggressive and I wanted my... So that's, that's what I went for. So I think having Virat there with a lot of people who play shots around him can just take a heap of, not that he, he, he worries about pressure. He, he carries that pressure enough, but he can just bat through. And then I just want stroke makers and boundary hitters to just keep going. I don't want them to waste time. <laughs> so who would you have keep him, Butler or Pant? I think Pant because I haven't seen, 
um, pants fielding skills and Butler obviously can field. And um, I love Rishabh Pant, but I'm not convinced he's going to be a better fielder than Butler. <laughs> and you got the token Aussie coming in, got Maxi coming in, five. Yeah. Uh, What's going on with that ponytail that, that he's got? No, nah, it's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> horrible. The top knot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah Maxwell it's... and Kyron Pollard to steady the ship in the middle order. Yeah, just to, just to, just to knock it around. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I've, I've, as I said, I don't want anyone wasting any time. Maxi can play however he wants. He can slog it. He can play left-handed uh, for all I care. He's, he's in good form. He's in a hot run. I saw, obviously, he plays well in the UAE, and I just want them to take take the game on. And then Al-Hassan, Rashid Khan. Yep, my spinners, who, who obviously Shakib can bat a bit as well. He's batting probably pretty low. If, if you're in trouble and you want to hold some of the hitters back, he can float up. But I think the way he bowls, um, you know, is just he, – I, I think he's the leading wicket taker in, in, world, in the history of T20 World Cups. He's – He's up there and runs as well. So he's someone you you can't count out. And then Rashid Khan's Rashid Khan. He speaks for himself, I think. Of course. And then you got then you got the gas. You got Bumrah, Freedy, and Nokia. Yeah, I, I think. Look, I think Bumrah is an easy pick. Um, and then the other two, I think they're the two the form form fast bowlers. Um, Nokia, the last two IPLs has just been bowling fast, and and just seems that no one's really got him big and then a freedy to come on and swing the ball early um so some notable omissions i think narayan he's in good form he's probably not there but he's not playing in the world cup um who else was a tough decision to leave out um surprised you've only got one aussie aussie in there yeah there's not there's not enough in form for me i think warner warner's you know in in the question to be thrown into the opening uh, spot, but he hasn't scored enough runs recently to, to be included, I think. But his numbers are very, very good. Um, and then there's no one other than Maxwell really dominating. Um, our middle order in Australia, I think, is is going okay. Um, the top three have been struggling, but, um, you know, Stoinis, I, I don't think, compares to a, a Pollard or a Maxwell or a Shaki Balasan. I don't need his bowling um, and, yeah, middle order batting. So... I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy with that, that eleven so far. I think they can do a decent job for me. <clears throat> You're fresh back from the CPL. Um, yeah, Windies came into this tournament as I don't know if favorites is the right word, but I mean they've got a good track record at the World T20. But two defeats so far, and they're looking a little bit kind of not quite at the races. Do you think they were too um, sentimental in picking that squad? Yeah, look, I, I think I, I, someone asked me about this um, today, actually, and and my thoughts on them. And I think, look, I think the West Indies, if you look at their team, their biggest threat or strength is their batting, and it just hasn't fired. And I think potentially where they're exposed or their biggest weakness is, I think, their bowling, um, particularly their fast bowling and spin stocks. I think Akila Sane and Dwayne Bravo have got a, a massive role to, to play. Um, they're the sort of two, and then... You know, they've got Pollard and Russell to bowl a few overs. Those guys aren't at the top of their bowling games, I don't think, right now. Um, and then similarly, Ravi Rampal in those conditions. Again, I don't think he's a guy at the top of their game. So they're probably just lacking that that one or two seam options. Um, and then I think Hayden Walsh is a good bowler, but again, not in form as their leg spinner. So as I said, I think their bowling's exposed and they haven't fired with the bat, which is scary and and they are guys if they can get together 
they can all of a sudden just turn it on um, and they're now going to need to. Um, so if they, if they lose one more game, they become just a dangerous team to, to mess up, mess up other countries. Um, so, um, yeah, um, I, that, that's where I sort of see them at. Again, you know, the South Africa have, have got through them. England have got through them uh, and probably are quite relieved that they caught them on off days, that they're a sort of moody team. And, and Pakistan's another one in the past who can be that sort of moody team. Um, and if they get on a hot run or have a good tournament, that, that's why I think Pakistan are massive, for me, massive outside favourites at the moment, particularly the way they beat India. Who did you see in the final? Just put your head on the block, gone. At the start, and and look, I haven't looked quite before. It, it, I haven't looked closely at the draw and how it would all work. I, I sort of picked it would be um, England, India, West Indies or Pakistan. That was my moody pick for the semis. And then New Zealand. I thought that would be the top four. Um, so now looking at how it starts, and, and I'm not sure what results are needed for it to happen, but I, I think it's going to be England, England, India, um, Pakistan are probably the one there, and then Australia plant looking decent. So uh, I think the, the, the semis will be um, England, India, Pakistan, and then either Australia or South Africa. I think, I think it's in, even without Stokes, I honestly – the way they're playing and with that group, I think it's England's World Cup to lose. Um, they're, they're just red hot. I, I love the balance of their team. And they don't have Archer as well, so it'd be a massive win. Yeah. So talking of England, you've had a, a summer over here playing uh, for Middlesex and uh, the mighty Brentwood. Um, good, uh, good experience? Loved it. Look, I think, um, firstly, my, my first first commitment over there was, was with Middlesex and um, playing at Lords and ticking that off the, the bucket list was incredible. Um, and you know, it's such a surreal um, feeling and, and place to, to, to play at. Um, and, you know, like, I think just the, the luxury of, of having, um, sorry, I'm going to take this through to my bedroom. <laughs> the dog's gone nuts. My brother's just come around for dinner, come around for dinner and he's lost it. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, that look the, the luxury and and everything of Lords, it, it was everything it li- it lived up to be, and and so much more. Um, so that was really cool. And then um, the decision I had was to either come home and do my two weeks quarantine and and hang around and try and train for three or four weeks here, and then go to the CPL, um, and then have to quarantine again, or or stay. Um, stay on, find some cricket and, and, you know, hopefully if there's dropouts or injuries in the hundred or whatever, um, then, then get a gig before going to the CPL. So as it turned out, I loved my time with Brentwood. I found myself commentating on the hundred and, um, yeah, it was, it was a good decision because Australia or Sydney in particular then went into lockdown. So I could have even missed out on that opportunity in the Caribbean. What were your thoughts on the hundred while we're on the subject? Look, I, I was a fan. I, I think it, it massive inroads for the female game uh, from an engagement point of view and, and future growth and, and opportunity and, and professionalism of the game and um, to, to get the the females playing on the major grounds, I think is fantastic because often in, in the UK and Australia and obviously all around the world, they don't get that coverage. So to get that coverage, to get fans and, and young girls and even boys watching and going out as a family affair, I was really impressed with the production and, and the event. And, and I think obviously the timing of the summer and COVID restrictions all releasing, it turned out to be 
a very popular thing to go and do. Um, and then the men's side, I, I think by the back end of the tournament, the guys started figuring out and, and creating a more entertaining product. Uh, at the start, I think there was a lot of finding feet. The conditions uh, of wickets produced, I don't think were favourable, I think, as well, from an entertainment package because people, you know, at the end of the day, I remember my first um, bowling coach uh, at the Thunder said, you know, at the end of the day, people don't come to watch you bowlers bowl dot balls and get hit for singles. When you get hit four for four or six, you're actually contributing to the game. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think by the back end, there were some some really good games, some big scores, you know, some obviously some great bowlers and, and bowling performances as well. But I think it started to be a lot more known and, and I think that'll progress as well. It, it, I think just the, the issue will be with it and, and with all county cricketers, just managing a schedule to try and fit it all in and please, please the masses. But I, I think it's, it should definitely stay. And in terms of the women's game, you've been involved in the, the WBB, haven't you, over there? Yeah. Since you've been back? Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, 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 like the girls are down, unfortunately. We're cut off from them. They're down in... Um, in Tassie um, because of our country's got crazy things going on. We're a little bit like North Korea in some of the States They they just lock each other out and, and crazy stuff's happening. Um, but um, our, our girls are trying to defend the title and they haven't got off to the great, a great start. They're none from four with a washout. So three losses and a washout for the Thunder women. Um, but good that they're playing cricket and, and they'll start hopefully bouncing around and picking up. You mentioned about um, ticking off uh, your wish list of places when you're up in England. Um, you, you, felt, you failed to mention your little visit to the Lords of Essex at Billericay just before you uh, headed off to the Caribbean. Yeah, Keep love it there. That's, that's, it's the Rose Bowl that's... of Essex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, that's where that's where mum's from, Billericay, born and bred. Uh, so granddad's right up the road from the ground, a short walk away and... Um, I was able through your help to set up a little training base there and, and get me, get me hitting the ball well for Brentwood or continue hitting the ball well for Brentwood and then uh, roll it on into the Caribbean. So um, yeah, without plugging it like a shameless loser is a great facility. Having an indoor center in England is, is much needed. I think anywhere. Um, but I worked with my good mate now, Jim and yeah, uh, yeah we, we had a good time. <laughs> Yeah, no, he was uh, he was very pleased when you put a, a picture on Twitter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, he was a great man. We had some good conversations. Yeah, he's good. So, what are your plans now? Um, obviously, you're doing the stuff with the the the, the WBBL, but uh, what, what? Yeah, what's for... I've got. Uh, I'm like mainly enjoying the time at home. I got back into training uh, last Monday, um, so easing back into it. I've got, I think, about four or five weeks before our first game of the Big Bash, so. Club cricket, there's a practice game on this Saturday and then our first game uh, the following Saturday. So I'll be able to play three or four weeks of club cricket, which will be nice, um, something I don't often get the opportunity to do. Um, so that'll be a nice sort of tune-in. Um, and, yeah, just try and earn back some brownie points with my dog and my girlfriend after spending four months away from home. <laughs> I've seen on your, on your Instagram that the dog's been helping you in the nets. Massively, yeah, yeah. He hardly lets me get to the crease with the ball in the hand. So, um, no, nah, he's 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 good. He was a little puppy when I left, and he's now eight months and massive. 
Are there going to be any crowds at the uh, the Big Bash this year, or is it still behind closed doors? Look, I think so. It's not all confirmed yet, but I think a lot of it. Look, I think South Australia is about to open up. Um, they've all got these crazy state restrictions, um, which creates the states into different countries almost. But South Australia or Adelaide is about to open up mid-November. They're talking about Queensland opening up, opening up mid-December. WA and I don't Tassie, I don't think will open up. So. I think if there's any, a lot of the games could be in Sydney and Melbourne. And then if, if all goes to plan with Adelaide and Brisbane, then we'll start using those venues as well. But otherwise Sydney and Melbourne and, you know, Melbourne cups happening on Tuesday. I think they've got 10,000 or 15,000 originally going. They're quite forceful on getting your vaccine here. So I think New South Wales, where I am, we're up to 94% first dose and over 80% second dose. Um, so yeah, I think things, things are trending in the right direction and and I'm hopeful we'll have no restrictions on crowds and just crack on, especially for the ashes as well. Makes, makes all the difference having people in the ground. It's like watching the football over here, you know, comparing Uh, to last year when they were playing in empty stadiums and, uh, yeah, yeah. Huge difference. All right, Chris, um, great to catch up and, uh, lovely to see you looking so fit and well, and we're not jealous at all that you're going to entering uh, the summer season where we're plunging into the misery of the English winter. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I had uh, to put, I thought I'd, it'd be good to put a shirt on because it's, you know, it's 24 degrees and what is it now? Nearly eight o'clock at night. So I better right, put a shirt right. on. It's nice to rub it in. <laughs> well, always great to see you. And um, we'll, uh, we'll be following you closely as always. And uh, many thanks for coming on 98 Now. Chris Green. Uh, awesome, gents. Thanks for having me. Keep well and we'll see you soon.